Oh my god, hi. So, uh, this is unreal. I never thought I would say welcome to the first episode of Growing Pains, but hi, my name is Anjun, and I wanted to start a podcast. I know, this is like getting really awkward, but I'm just really good at rambling, and I just wanted to start this podcast to help me flow through my ideas um and hopefully bring you on this journey with me so if you guys don't know me i'm a college graduate trying to figure her life out i'm sure many of you are trying to figure life out yourselves and i wanted to start this podcast because i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i want i don't know what i'm doing and it hurts it really does um, and I am so confused as to like what I want to do with life, but I realized that through my conversations, through all my friends and family, I ramble a lot. I go around and around in circles until I have an epiphany of what I want to do with life. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Just provide a safe space for people who like to go round and round in circles until they figure something out, have an epiphany, or they're finally dizzy and fall over. And then in the midst of the world spinning around you, you find a light and you say, aha, this is, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. And I know that there are many, many podcasts like this suggesting what you can do, what you cannot do in life, what you should or should not do, relationships, sex, your life, life advice in general, but I don't feel like they're particularly helpful in my personal opinion. I've listened to a fair amount of podcasts in that genre and I can't relate to a goddamn thing. They're like, meditate. And I'm just like, I don't think you realize, but I'm a cracked out college graduate who has a crippling caffeine addiction and loves to nap. Um, no, I'm not going to meditate. Um, actually, that's also my fault because I refuse to follow their advice. But besides the point, most of the people that start these podcasts, they're either like in high school trying to like chase a bag, college kids also trying to chase a bag or just adults in the world and I'm just kind of in the middle like I'm not a college student I'm not in school right now I graduated with a physiology degree and a minor in biochem and right now I'm trying to chase a higher education that's going to be an entirely different episode on its own I'm just trying to figure out like is it like what I want to do after school and so yeah, like I'm kind of like just in the middle trying to, f I, I can't relate to college kids because, well, I'm not in college. I'm not taking any classes. I can re-enroll into college, but like, what's the point when I already attained a very respectful degree and I haven't experienced life enough for me to be like a real, real adult or my idea of an adult is being able to pay taxes and know what taxes are and check your car like honestly if you were to ask me like hey like your indicator fluid is out like I'd totally believe you and be like yeah your brake fluid's out your coolant's gone and um, for some reason your wind detector is completely broken and I'm gonna be like yeah take my money take my money. It's a brand new car and I've only had it for a year, but if you say that all the fluid's gone, uh, so be it. Take my money. So that's why I want to create this podcast, just so that it provides 
a space that most people can relate to. I used to have a YouTube channel and that was where I posted a lot of story times. Now, it was successful for a while. In fact, I, for a hot minute, I ended up making more money than my part-time job. I stopped because I ran out of story times and what I've come to realize is that when you dig through your problematic past and try to find dramatic stories to tell people, because those are all the only stories that do well, ain't nobody gonna listen to like a story time. I mean, they can, but there's no entertainment value in today's era of social media of telling a story of the best day that you've ever had. You could show that off on Instagram. You could show that you've had a really good day on any type of social media platform, but it won't perform as well as you coming up on the internet and say, this girl stole $750 from me on top of stealing my makeup and clothes directly from me and wearing it directly in front of me, you know? Like that's that's a video that you would click on, not I had the best day, come listen to it. I mean, like maybe it's a vibe, but you know, y'all can agree with me that I guess listening to someone else's drama is greater, like it provides greater entertainment than listening to someone talk about something else. Anyways, I'm talking round and round in circles. I told you, this is an entire podcast talking about round and round in circles. Um, and so that was my entire theme of my YouTube channel, where I would post videos about dramatic events that happened in my life, horrible, horrible people that did me dirty, and those did really well. But I felt like during that time, I didn't grow as a person. I was digging through my past that I have not resolved by myself yet, and I was posting on social media and getting a reaction out of it. And then what? It's just temporary it's just temporary satisfaction where you have a bunch of people agree with you and then they're looking forward to the next story time. You don't really have time to sit down and process all the things that have happened to you. And I think it's kind of counterproductive if you want to grow but you're always looking into the past to dig out to make a story time out of. And I don't think that is part of who I am anymore. It was entertaining while it lasted but I am growing into an entirely different person. I was thinking to myself earlier, um, and by earlier, I mean like at 5 a.m. because I work as a cytology technician for one of the biggest um, laboratories in Arizona, um, and I get home like really late. My shift is from 6 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. Um, not to flex, but like just putting it out there, I guess. <laughs> um, and... I was looking at myself in the mirror after showering and I'm just like, bitch, you have glowed up. You are radiating with confidence. You're radiating with self-esteem. Like if I were to compare my 2020 self and my 2021 self, they would not be the same person. It's crazy. The effects of the pandemic, like what it can do to you, because what do you do? Like if, I mean, like granted, if you're going about the pandemic responsibly, not trying to like find party as a personality trait. I honestly believe that people who just disregard a pandemic and its rules on how you should stay at home and I don't know, be considerate to others, like you need to find a new personality. Like drinking alcohol and taking shots 
you can only do that for a certain amount of time. It does not look attractive like when you grow out of it and you're still trying to press on the personality of like, oh my God, there's this huge rager at this college bar. Like, girl, you're 35. Grow up. Grow up. Anyways, um, wow, I woke up angry. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I talking about? See, I told you, like, I, this is such, like, new to me because I just ramble a lot. Anyways, um, so we talked about YouTube. Oh, yes, growing. Um, and yeah, they're not the same person. And, and what do you do all day? in the middle of a pandemic, you sit at home. And what do you do when you sit at home? You listen to the voices in your head. I mean, what else do you do? I mean, like, yeah, you could go about, you know, your schoolwork or whatever, but it literally forced me to stay home and listen to everything I've been pushing back, like all of the things that, or responsibilities that I just did not want to face, I had to face them because I was at home. What else was I going to do? I distracted it with schoolwork and I was busy all of the time. But now that I'm not as busy and I get to stay at home, it really was a scary moment in my transformation. But I'm really glad that it happened because I don't think I would be the person that I am today without it so you know what I'm, I'm really grateful of some aspects of the pandemic um, because it forced me to metamorphosize myself into something that I've always wanted to be which is someone full of self-confidence someone who loves themselves and someone who does not tolerate bs which is also going to be another topic <laughs> on this podcast and Ah, so yeah, um, reasons why I'm starting this podcast, uh, I wanted to start afresh, um, like I said before, my YouTube was not, I mean, I could have made it work if I really wanted to, but I was focusing on schoolwork, and I don't think that just because your YouTube career is succeeding means that you get to drop out of school, um, that's just my own personal opinion, um, what may work for me might not work for you and what might work for you may not work for me. There's plenty of people who dropped out of school and wanted to chase the YouTube bag, but that, I'm sorry, that cannot be me. My dad was paying my tuition and it'd be such a waste that he have already paid $150,000 only for me to be like, no, I'm gonna go upload videos on YouTube and talk about my problematic life. I don't particularly think that would look good on like I, I don't think that's a good thing to be known for in my own personal opinion I want people to see me as someone who grew who shines who radiates self-esteem um, and confidence and self-love um, I want to be a good role model for my future kids if I'm ever delusional enough to have kids that there are just some things you have to prioritize and with uploading videos on YouTube, you have a target audience. Most of my audience were people of my age or younger. Um, and I felt very constricted to tell stories that pertain to that audience in order for my channel to succeed. Um, so I decided with this podcast, I'm not doing this podcast for literally anyone. 
Um, I'm doing this solely for myself, for my own self-reflection, and I will welcome you with open arms if you want to come in and join the ride. And, you know, if you don't like it, there's always the unfollow button. You don't have to be here if you don't want to. It's just, it, this is something that's helping me. I want to do something for myself because I've been doing things for other people for so long. I got into a physiology major for my dad. Well, technically, I went into biology with a biomedical science focus first and then I switched to physiology after realizing that I hate biology with my entire existence um and I ended up I guess tolerating physiology and liking it in some aspects but initially I wanted to do art I want to become an artist I want to paint I want to express myself through different mediums or medias of art like acrylic paint, gouache that's like really popular right now, watercolor, ink. Um, but I didn't see myself succeeding in that aspect on top of me wanting to please my dad. I had a friend who I would literally do everything for, pay her lunches every single day, buy her things. And I never had time to actually do things for myself. Of course, there's like the occasional treat yourself at Lush, buy something from Sephora, but I don't think that's truly treating myself as dedicating a piece of art because podcasting is an art to myself. Now, this isn't like an act of like narcissism where it's just like, I'm the shit, like I deserve all of this, like all of you can rot in hell, but I think I'm deserving of self-reflection. I deserve to see myself for who I really am and not have someone define it for me. And I think that was the problem with YouTube as well was because people love to say like, you're the problematic one. You know, the fact that you've had a problematic roommate for all four years of your college career, like I think that says something a lot about you. And it's just like, well, I mean, when you live with someone that you don't know, of course you're gonna have problems. Of course you're gonna have disagreements. It's just how well you handle those disagreements. And unfortunately I was paired with people who just was not compatible with problem-solving skills, to say the least. Um, and I would get, so, I was so angry back then, and because I didn't know myself, and I was gonna, you know, I really, sorry, I'm like tripping over my words, and I was really tempted to say like, no, I'm like, I'm not the problematic one. Like, okay, you may not be the problematic one in those type of situations, but you were problematic in other aspects in terms of your immaturity, accountability. There were so many things I didn't face, um, I guess, pre-pandemic. And that's just something that I had to reflect on. So now that I had complete silence on all of my social media platforms, like I didn't look at comments, I didn't, I got my YouTube channel to die down so I wouldn't gain as much attention as I did during the period that I was, I guess, popping up on people's recommended pages. It felt really good. Of course, there was that dopamine rush of like, oh my God, I'm getting noticed. Like on Instagram, I would usually get like 50 likes, but how did it spike up to like 600, 500 likes overnight? Oh my goodness. You know, there are good things about it and there are things that make it addicting such as getting likes on Instagram, getting views on your stories, but at the end of the day I wasn't happy. I really wasn't. Um, sometimes a comment would brush past my eyes 
I would accidentally click on something and then see a mean comment and I'd get, I wouldn't say hurt, but like I get angry because I'm just like, you're assuming something when you don't even know me. Um, so I think, you know, dedicating a podcast to yourself when you're talking to yourself with a possible audience, I think that's a lot better for me opposed to like a YouTube channel. Plus with YouTube, I was, I felt pressured that I had to make funny edits, um, that I had to say funny things. Um, and the more I grew up, the more I just did not want to be explosive all the time, that I didn't want to yell at the camera at like 10,000 decibels all the time. And it just, I grew out of it. I grew up, I grew out of it. Um, and it just wasn't a good (laughs) fit for me anymore. And so why would I want to start this podcast? I feel like I asked that before, but the sole purpose of Growing Pains is to take accountability and to just look at myself and say, you need to self-reflect yourself on yourself on these type of aspects. What are these type of aspects? And what are you doing wrong? What are you doing right? Because I feel like accountability is such an uncomfortable thing to go through. Hence this podcast, Growing Pains. Um, because you start off as a little sprout. You're nurtured. You're coddled. You're being told by society, no, you are fine. You are great. But as you grow up, and especially if you grow at such a rapid pace where you don't even recognize yourself from a year ago, it's scary and it's painful. Sometimes you lose a lot of your close friends on your journey there. And it hurts. The journey is so lonely. I remember this one time where... I had a fallout with a friend because she refused to take accountability and I was on my self-discovery journey. Not that, you know, not taking accountability is bad. I mean, like, it is bad, but, like, that's what they chose to do um, despite all of my efforts to say you need to start growing up. Like, and honestly, like, that should be another episode on people refusing to grow up. There's a difference between choosing not to grow up and not ready to grow up of course like the difference between that is that you can't expect a five-year-old to have the mentality and maturity of a 20 year old they're gonna do stupid things but what you can expect from a 20 year old is that for them is for them to take accountability for their actions and actually learn from it if you're making the same mistake 20,000 times and the same mistake using the same route you're not growing up you there needs to be a lot of self-reflection if you're getting the same results while you're using the same method. For example, I don't know, a toxic uh, fuck buddy, you know? Like, you know that person is not good for you, so why do you keep going back to them? And, And it's just something that I really want to drill on because I think it's quite lacking in some part of myself and others too um but mostly we're gonna talk about what I'm lacking because this is called growing pains and this is about me talking to myself not calling people out on their bullshit because that's just blaming people um yeah and that you know I might have taken accountability for things that did not work out for me and things that did work out for me but I think I'm still immature in terms of holding grudges and 
my anger, because I'm still an angie bean, honestly, you do me dirty and I will hold on to that shit for like two years and still bring it up. And that's just something that I need to work on, you know, so that's because you hold on to a grudge and it'll literally rot inside of you. And I mean, if you're okay with that, okay, that's your life, but I'm not okay with it. I want to grow and growing is so painful but when you reach a stage in your life that's way further than where you were in the past it feels so great it feels so freaking nice I was so dependent on a friend at some aspect of my life where I refused to go grocery shopping without her I couldn't go in public without her I could not do a lot of things without her and look at me now we had a fallout because We were in two different stages of our lives and now I can go grocery shopping by myself. Now I can go into public spaces by myself. I haven't gotten to the point where I can eat by myself because for some reason I think people are going to look at me and being like, oh my gosh, she's such a loner. Um, But a lot of people are able to do it. And I guess as long as you radiate self-confidence and being like, you know what, I'm here to eat and y'all can kiss my ass. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a problem with it. Anyways. Um, the road to self-discovery. Um, oh, I feel like I touched on that. Sorry, I wrote things on like a little piece of card to, I guess, remind me of the topics to touch on. But I think I feel like I touched on it all um, on just self-discovery. So I think I'm dedicating this episode to just talking about self-discovery in general. Um, you can see how messy this podcast is because I'm just talking to myself and sometimes you get really tired and you run out of things to talk about, but there's so many things to talk about, but then I have to save topics to save it for other episodes. But, um, I'm dedicating this to self-discovery. We are currently 21 minutes in, so I think I'm going to make it a 45 minute podcast, um, and see how this goes. So self-discovery, I thought I'm a piece of of like just a steaming pile of horse manure Um, I still do and I think that's like the biggest issue with my current mentality right now I refuse to think that I have any redeeming qualities but I also radiate strangely an energy that's just like don't fuck with me you know like if you're gonna tell me like oh like I don't find you attractive Um, I would just be like, okay, and so what? What about it? Like, I might not be subjectively pretty to you, but I know that I'm pretty. Uh, I'm really freaking beautiful to me, and it's okay if you don't like me, but, you know, you don't get to tell me that I'm ugly. You don't get to tell me that I'm not worth anything. You don't get to tell me that... I am worthless because I know who I am. I know what I look like. I'm happy with what I look like and I'm confident in my abilities. But then as soon as it comes to like applying for graduate school, I'm frozen. I don't know what to say. They're going to be like, list your strengths. And I'm going to be like, I mean, I guess I got all A's in my last semester. I guess I preceptored a little bit, but I know, but it's okay if I'm like, you know, not a redeeming uh, I'm not, not a very strong candidate at all. Like, I know I'm like a steaming pile of horse manure. Like, it's totally okay. Like, I know I'm going to be rejected. And then I ended up getting an offer in 
the University of California. Not one, but two. I got two interviews at the University of California, one with a professor that directed research in neuroscience and another professor that directed research regarding homeostasis and hypertension in the renal system. And I am completely in shock because I got rejected from the University of Arizona. That's where I got my education. I'm an alumni from the University of Arizona and they had the audacity to reject me. Granted, the University of Arizona was actually my safety school and I got rejected from there. And then I applied knowing, not even like expecting, not even like having a smidgen of hope that I would get accepted or even considered at the University of California because hello, they have like a acceptance rate of like what, 11%? Their graduate programs have an acceptance rate of 18%. That is no way comparable to the acceptance rate of the University of Arizona, which is around like high 70s. So, and then for my application to be considered by a very prestigious school versus public university, that's freaking crazy to me. And I was just in shock after the interview, after my professor said, you know what, like I know you're in the, in the interview process right now, but in case that you are interested in this lab, shoot me an email and we could definitely talk the procedure through and we can get it going in the, I guess like the Dean of Students with Graduate School. And I didn't believe him. I didn't, I did not believe a damn word that he said. Like it all sounded like a suggestion to me. It all sounded like a polite decline to me until I talked to my sister and my boyfriend and they were just like that sounds like a solid offer to me and it's just like how was I even oh my I thought I was not capable of this and it just comes to show that your mind is such a powerful tool but for all the wrong reasons in my case because if you live your life saying that you are amounting to nothing, that you are nothing, that you are trash, you are going to believe it. And I thought I didn't believe it because if someone else were to say you are trash, I would just be like, um, I mean, you're trash for telling me that I'm trash when you don't even know me. Um, and I know who I am. I know what I achieved. I have a freaking degree in physiology. Excuse you. That's not easy to attain. On top of medical scribing at the emergency department where you see dead bodies, preceptoring, grading students' works. Like, no, I'm not a steaming pile of crap. But when I look at myself, I don't see any of that. I could say all of my achievements, but they don't mean anything to me. And I really truly need to sit down and say... What do these things mean to you? What, why did you do it? You did it because it was a required thing for graduate school? No, like you could have done so many other things that made you a, an attractive candidate for graduate school. Why did you pick preceptoring? Why did you choose to preceptor? Why did you choose to scribe at the emergency department? Why did you get a title of a national registered EMT. Why did you do all of these things? Not because you you're, you think that you're a steaming pile of shit. Because people who think that they're a steaming pile of shit don't go out of their way to do things like this. I'm not saying that they're lazy clumps of like poop that like do and do nothing all day and like sit there and sit in a ball and just self pity themselves. Because honestly, I'm very very guilty of doing that too. But 
people who don't think anything of themselves and people who have self-respect obviously live two very different worlds. So which one are you? A person who thinks that they're a pile of poop or a person who thinks of themselves as what they truly are? I think that's the most difficult journey of all is to go on this path of literally finding yourself because it's so easy to say that you're stupid, that you're dumb, that you're not amounting to anything because you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. A, either that or you have an an external influence that tells you that you are not doing anything or it's just self-hate basically. And I think that's something that I need to change because, like I said before, sorry, I'm like going around in circles. Oh my god, I'm like going to a new point and then backing up into an old point. Um, but anyways, uh, you, you think that you're a pile of poop, okay? Your brain's a very powerful tool. You will, con- you will be able at some point to convince yourself that you're a steaming pile of poop if you don't stop. And this is the result of it, is that had it not been for double checking with my boyfriend or my sister this would have been a completely like missed opportunity if my self-depreciation were to worsen because I would have honestly viewed it as a joke and said okay well this professor's just trying to be polite I know I got declined and maybe wouldn't have even taken up the lab position when they were being 100% serious. So I think, and that would have been like really dangerous for me because I want to succeed in life. I want to progress in life. But if you keep thinking or go on defense mode on people viewing you the way you view yourself, that's gonna be a problem. Either A, you need to surround yourself with people who actually see you for who you are, or B, you gotta start being nicer to yourself. I think in this world, people are so harsh on themselves because we're constantly comparing ourselves with our peers. She has this, he has this, she has this, but I don't. Well, she also has this, and that's kind of the similar to me, but I have it worse. Like, it just, it's not good. I remember how competitive the undergraduate STEM fields were, especially in the physiology department. There was nothing but, like, cat fights over the damn grade boundary and comparisons and, oh, I did this internship. Where did you go? Oh, you went there? Mm, that's really interesting. Oh, you preceptored here? Oh, well, I guess that doesn't really count towards anything. Mm, That's really funny. And I would constantly be paranoid over the fact that I wasn't in a lab. I wasn't doing research during my undergraduate studies. And many people around me were. They knew I had a hard time getting into a lab. And the energy that was given off was very, like, Oh, well, I guess graduate school is just very selective. I guess graduate school isn't meant for everyone. Better luck next time, I guess. Like, girl, and now look at me. I got offered to an institution that has an acceptance rate of 11%. Like, 
you are so much more or I am so much more than I think I am because I'm capable of all these things, but I refuse to acknowledge it. So I'm going to sit down and think, what can I do to improve my mentality on truly realizing that I am not the person who I think I am? Well, first, I need to really sit down and think about my achievements. Now, it's really easy to say, I'm the shit, I did this, but why did you do these things and what for? So a lot of the things that I did was to meet the requirements for graduate school. I could have done anything else. I could have reached out to professors. I could have wedged my way into research. But why did I do all of these outside things that many other graduates might have not done that makes me a more attractive candidate? So I think one of my very redeeming qualities is that I am very perseverant. I am very diligent in what I do. I will work through blood, sweat, and tears to get to where I want. And if that means seeing dead people, so be it, which is why I registered myself as um, a nationally registered EMT, um, finished my course, and passed all of the examinations, including the national test. That's a really tough job, but I did it because I am, I wouldn't say exploiting, but I'm finding a strength within my personality. I'm diligent and EMTs are, well, part of their job is to be diligent. It's kind of like you got to be diligent to save someone's life. So that's why I did it. And that could strengthen my perseverance and diligence in my work ethic. Why did you preceptor? Well, I wanted to work on my leadership skills. I'm a follower at, like, by default, I'm a follower. I don't like leading. I never liked leading. I always felt like people were judging my ideas and I stopped. Someone else could be leader. And if it's bad, then you know what? At least I'm not the one getting hate on having bad leadership. And that was my mentality of it. But as a preceptor, you're required to have good leadership skills. But where, how do, where do you even get the leadership skills if you've never been a leader, you goofball? Um, you become a preceptor and you have to practice those skills. You're going to fail before you actually succeed. You're, it's in the laws of the universe that you got to be bad before you start getting good at something. And I am terrified, I'm petrified of that ideology. I am a person who loves to get things perfect when I start it. Like if I start a hobby of like drawing, I wanna be good at drawing right away. And that's just not how it works. And that's just a harsh truth that I have to face. So looking back at it, I have done all of these things during my academic career. And it has brought me these skill sets that I can further improve into my lifestyle. Now, what I think makes me a rather attractive candidate. Now, this isn't just for graduate school in general. Like, this is also for applying for jobs. Just finding out who I am in general. Like, I don't have the best GPA and I don't have the best grades. I don't have the best standardized test scores. 
I already know that and I've come to accept it um, because there are many people who have like 3.8, 3.5, 3.9, 3.7s. I have none of that. And so you're probably thinking like, well, then how did you get USC to discover you? Honestly, I have no idea. I'm still questioning that myself. Like, what did they see in me for me to be an attractive candidate? <laughs> so, um, what was I talking about? Yeah, so... I don't have the best grades. I know that. And that's okay because I had a really, really struggling journey throughout my undergraduate years. You needed discipline and I did not have discipline. Throughout my sophomore year, I had a terrible boyfriend that I prioritized and my grades suffered for it. But I learned. I learned that you can't get, you can't have anything get in your way when you want a successful future. Now, granted, your grades do not dictate your future. You could flunk a class and you could still win a Nobel Peace Prize like 30 years later. Um, But classes aren't just for graduate school. Classes don't just determine where you go to school in the next few years. They teach you a couple of things. They teach you how to be disciplined. They teach you that sometimes you need to sit down and study for three hours straight and productively study not study straight for not study straight for three hours and then get burnt out and then take like a six hour nap afterwards like you have to time manage your studying time so that you don't get burnt out and that you are obtaining as much information as you possibly can and that is going to be very rewarding in the future where you work in a very similar environment that requires you to I guess time manage yourself and plan things out so that things don't get in your way. Um, And I didn't have that skill set until my grades had to suffer for it because I, oh God, my grades were really, really, really bad. Um, And compared to my peers, it looked like I was nearly failing. Um, And that's okay because I'm here, I'm well, I graduated and all as well you know it's not the end of the world just because you are struggling doesn't mean that it's the end of the world it's just a learning opportunity um and if you could see my transcript i would post it but like it's it's so embarrassing but if you look at my transcript um you could see that it's in the shape of a u so i started off pretty strong and then it dipped like crazy in my sophomore year i just was not serious about school i kept thinking that okay i'll just do it next semester i'll just do it next semester i'll just focus next semester and i didn't realize that this isn't high school anymore you don't just get another semester where you go from 10th to 11th grade to senior year this is college this ish only lasts for four years eight semesters is that eight or am I just doing math wrong no it's eight okay (laughs) um so sometimes when you say I'll just do better next semester it's fine um you gotta keep in mind that the semester that you did poorly in was still counts as a semester and every single semester that passes is one semester less that you have I don't know that was grammatically correct but you guys know what I'm talking about until I realized that in my junior year I need to get my ish together and by then it was me in all panic mode and I had to go 
all out in my senior year and it was tiring, but it didn't need to be tiring had I just sat down and buckled down, focused on my schoolwork. But sometimes things are presented in ways that you cannot fathom why it had to be that way. There are so many things in life where I just question it and I said, God, why did you make this year so hard for myself I could have gone my entire life without dating this troll bridge of an ex-boyfriend but here I am having him as part of me and I think I had to realize that you can't blame God on all of your problems like don't flatter yourself he really truly doesn't know that you exist uh I'm just kidding I'm just kidding for my religious people out there he loves you um But God, if God does exist, um, and I know for sure the universe exists, so they do not have the energy within their day just to make your individual life hell. Um, The way I want to see life is that I want to think that human beings are a vessel um, that the universe wants to express itself through. I'm still trying to figure out the meaning of that, but I did see a TikTok where this person said, you are a vessel that the universe is trying to experience and express itself through. And I think that is a very accurate way of, of explaining the universe. And that is a very interesting perspective as well. Um... And with that being said, why would it want to, if the universe experiences itself through you, why would it want to make its life miserable? Why would it inflict harm on itself? Some of the things that I do in my life isn't because God hates me, isn't because the universe hates me, isn't because the universe remembers that I used to steal notebooks in third grade and now is trying to punish my ass over something that I did 13 years ago. Like, no, it is experiencing itself in all different aspects of life. The pain, the happiness, the joy, the uh, ecstasy, the just unfathomable unfathomable pain during some circumstances like death or a breakup or just confusion of it all life is very colorful if you choose to look at it that way um wow who am i look at me discovering things (laughs) and Oh my god, god damn it, I lost, I, I lost track of what I was talking about, god damn it. Um, but anyways, uh, yes, it, why would it want to inflict harm on itself if it's this, like, if, you, if it wants to make your life hell, like, why, why would it want to make your life hell? You are not that important, not because that you're just teeny tiny human being that has, like, a useless soul that's replaceable in life, um, that's not what we're trying to preach here, but life is, I believe, what you make of it. If you want it to be miserable, if you want to have a miserable mindset of God hates me, the universe is out to get me, that's how you're going to experience life. But if you look at life and looking at the pain as learning opportunities, which is what the Dalai Lama uh, actually 
said, I'm reading a book about the art of happiness written by the Dalai Lama. Actually, no, a person who interviewed the Dalai Lama and it's a book about both of their perspectives of life on how to be happy. And it's said that pain in the Western world is something that is seen very negatively. You know, no one likes to go through pain. Opposed to in other different cultures, we see pain, they see pain as a learning opportunity. It's something that they embrace, something that they, I guess, accept so that you could see the yin and yang of life, you know, pain and happiness. Um, and I think that's very interesting where pain, don't try to avoid pain. And I think that's what the problem was for the longest time. I was trying to avoid all the pain. I would cry every single day over a 22 year old with a receding hairline to the back of his neck. And I'd be like, oh my God, if I, if I stop hooking up with him, I'm gonna have like nobody else to hook up. Like you act like there's no other white boy with a receding hairline at 22. My God, Anne. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I would, I would hate pain. I would think that the universe is out to get me. This person literally made me feel psycho where I would just be like I don't know like every single time we have a good hookup I always think that he's gonna hurt me afterwards like emotionally like so it's like always like okay we had a really good hookup session today so the next time it has to be bad because the universe needs to balance itself out or if I have a really good hookup then something bad is gonna happen like my friend trips and falls into a hole um that's full of boiling lava like it has to happen like something bad has to happen to balance out the good hookup that I had and it's like and the universe doesn't like randomly give you bad events to balance out the good like yes there is balance of good and evil in the world but it don't do it like that and you got an f on your chemistry exam because you didn't study anyways we are at 45 minutes so honestly this was a shit show of a pilot episode but i guess i'll just be like more organized next time because this is just me rambling on and on i hope you guys have found some redeeming qualities within this podcast but I the next episode I'm planning it about it to be like self-love and um that's kind of similar to this one except I'm more so talking about like confidence and just self-esteem and how you maybe you shouldn't tell yourself that you are ugly every single day because you are what you manifest so and I'm a very firm believer of manifestations coming true I've manifested this lifestyle these choices this entire existence for so long and it's finally coming true and it is unfathomable of what you can do with the power of manifestation and a positive mindset but um it seems like we are running out of time um so I will end this podcast episode right here um, and I will see you in the next podcast episode. All right.